Hey everybody, hope you're doing good. We're back for... What oh episode is this? What episode do you think this is? 756. No, it's in the 200s, I think. Is it? Yeah, we're in uh -oh. the 200s. Skype audio muted. Is that supposed to say um, that? I think that's okay. So right. anyway, we in are... In the 200s, that's in good. In the 200s for, um, for our episode. Like, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. Maybe 220 <laughs> or 30, something like that. So if you've been listening to Seed, Seed Time Money Podcast since episode number one. Seedcast. Let's Seed, call it If that. you've been listening to the Seedcast, that's I a good name. Maybe we should rename it. I, we Seedcast. are thinking about renaming the podcast. If you have some great ideas of what we should rename the podcast, because it's pretty boring, and I'd love it to be a little more... Um, descriptive? Maybe descriptive. Yeah, because it doesn't really tell you what it's about. It's just seed time money. And what, people are like, are you guys a f seed company? Or do you sell farming <laughs> you equipment? <laughs> like, Which to Bob is like, of. I, I want to be. <sighs> kind of. So, yeah, it's funny. There's another company called Seed Time, and they sell a um, gardening software. And um, you probably don't know this, but we get their customer support phone calls all the oh, time. Oh, really? Yeah. Because so I don't think funny. I don't think they have a support. Number. I mean, I knew that there was a little bit of confusion, but I didn't know. Yeah, I. I Do you want to know something funny? Speaking of that, my friend, whose childhood phone number I can still Jordan tell you. Jordan likes a Seedcast. All right, that's okay, it. All right. Changes to Seedcast. Um, my her her childhood phone number I can still tell you. Her parents have moved. If I call that number, I wonder what ha would happen. But. I would call her phone number, and every once in a while, I would hear Independent Fruit Company. And I was like, I dialed the wrong phone number, but it happened to me multiple times. And so it just so. became this this running joke. And then she would start answering her phone like that, like if she knew I was calling. Independent Fruit Company? Yeah. I was like, yeah. what is this? Or Independence Fruit Company. I can't remember. All right. Okay. Lindsay. All right. Seed cast. <laughs> okay. Um, Growing Seeds Wealth Podcast. Hmm. There you go. We're getting some good ideas here. Keep on coming. Keep it coming. Um, side note, we are working on a line of merch, which we Ooh. are really excited about. Um, I realize we're not centered in the frame, but oh well. Uh, Do you want to scooch? No, it's fine. Uh, we're just going to be left-leaning. That's, Le that's cool, you know? But uh, anyway, so yeah, we're going to be coming are out. out there are like, no, you can't be left-leaning. <laughs> I'm just I'm kidding. sorry. We're right-leaning. We're right-leaning. I don't... Uh, anyway, we're going to be coming out with a line of merch that we're pretty excited about. Um, that's all I'll say for now, come but on, coming come, soon. Come closer to me, You want dear. me to wiggle over this way? There you go. I don't know. We're just giving all the announcements right now. I feel like it's church on Sunday. I'm giving all the <laughs> announcements, but... Um, Let's take a minute and do the offering. All right. <laughs> Pass your offering buckets mm. to the left. Anyway, uh, okay, today we're talking about something that... Um, Really, is we're we're calling seven biblical reasons to earn more, and we'll get into that in yes, a minute. But can we? Like, would we just made a joke about the offering? But I have to say, one of my things that I one of my secret goals in life, maybe. Ooh, what's your secret, secret goal in life? Is just that people would actually get excited when the pastor starts talking about the offering. Yeah, because. It's a time of giving, and if we truly trust God with our finances, and if we're like, yeah, God is going to answer my prayers when I when I trust Him with you know giving, that He is going to uh, provide for me. Like that's kind of the I don't know if that's the if an exchange is the right word, but it's an act of faith that we get to practice. Really, uh, it's like a material thing that we can do. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Like yeah. a tangible thing that we can do. 
And yet I feel like so many people, when their pastor starts talking about giving, their eyes glaze over and just kind of, you know, disconnect a little bit. And it bums me out. Like, I wish people were like really engaged in that time. If there's, you know, they're giving a testimony or... There are plenty of people who are. It's just, Let's be those people. Let's be those people. Let's be those people. Let's be those people and see giving for what it is. See it from an eternal perspective. Let's be amening whoever's talking during the offering time or... I mean, I. Amen. Do you guys, anybody have an amen guy in the, we've, I think multiple churches we've been, we've had one guy or gal who says something really loud, um, like, or does. It's weird because it's like. Has anybody like ever had be, somebody like that in their there church? There could be other noise going on, but that person's voice cuts through. Like, it doesn't matter. Do you know what I'm saying? There's one guy with a real nasally sound. He's like, amen. And he would like always say it exactly the same way. Like That's from the back so of the funny. room. Like I when mean, no one else is saying amen. Are in really quiet environments and there's yeah. not any of that going on. Yeah. It probably doesn't happen in Presbyterian churches, but. Yeah. Um, but there anyway. are definitely some churches. But I'll tell you, after we started like publicly speaking, I became a lot more of an amener, of a vocal amener in our church because oh, yeah. I'm like, it is really helpful once to you're have on feedback. Stage, yeah. Once you go up on stage and you, you if you're experience just sitting there with that. And you're just like, I don't know. Do they do they like this? Do they hate me? Like, <laughs> what's going on? And it's it's genuinely because people are like processing, and I get that. But yeah. because I'm so aware we of it. We like now, A-manners. All right. Yeah. Okay. So here's what's going on, guys. Are you an A-manner? <laughs> on Instagram, are you an A-manner? <laughs> you should become one. I'm telling you. Okay, here's what's going on. Next Thursday, uh, we're recording this right now on February 15th. On Thursday, the February 22nd, we are hosting uh, what we're calling our Passive with Purpose mm. uh, workshop. Okay? And so what we are doing on that workshop is helping you um, begin uh, the process of earning more passive income. Mm-hmm. Like, that. that is what the point of it is. And... Uh, and anyway, so we're going into a lot of different things. We're, we're like, I'm talking about the truth about passive income, which I think there's so much confusion about this that it drives me bonkers. And there's so many, um, you know, get rich quick Lambo YouTubers flashing their cars and their whatever. And it's like, it's just, there's something got wrong their here. Rolex watch that their... needs to be cleared up. Yeah. Okay. So I'm going to also talk about a single book that I read that helped me triple my salary, really, with passive income and then almost ruined my life. Um, we're going to be talking about like this danger of why earning passive income specifically without a God-given purpose. And that's why we're calling it passive with purpose, because I believe these two have to be paired together. Um, and if you don't do it that way, it actually can be really, really dangerous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, we're going to be talking about the biblical backbone of passive, passive income, whether or not this is actually ethical, because I, I've, I've plenty of people question the ethics and morality of doing that. Yeah. And then we're going to be talking about some really practical ways of how you can start converting some of your wasted time or wasted money that you have um, into passive income streams. Mm. Okay, so we're going to be covering a lot, uh, and there's a whole lot more in all this. But anyway, this is a workshop that we charge for, but we are offering it for free next Tuesday night. And so even if you can't make it, but you want to watch a recording, that's fine. Well, the recording's up for a few days. But if you want to get signed up, seedtime.com slash PWP. Or if you're on Instagram, you can um, DM us PWP, I believe, and should send you a link. passive with purpose. Yeah, but either way, just send us a DM and we'll get you a link to it. But seedtime.com slash PWP and get signed up. Now, 
Um, and so that kind of ties into what we're talking about today, mm-hmm. like these three biblical reasons to earn more, because um, I have um, just always been a little bit bothered by this common, I don't know, I, I think there's certain Christians who kind of believe it's more righteous to be poor. And, um, and, and it's like the pendulum swinging too far from we've seen some wealthy people, you know, who have... I feel like drifted from the Lord or whatever. You hear one or two stories or you grow up believing that, you know, rich people are all evil. They all had to, you know, whatever, all this. And therefore you develop a theology of poverty and um, it's more righteous to be poor. And um, and that's a really, really dangerous um, theology as far as I'm concerned. And it's like, and I'm not at all going in the direction of everybody should be rich and um, whatever, name it and quit. Like I'm not going there. I'm just saying that I think there's far too many Christians who lean the wrong uh, direction. Because, yes, the Bible talks about the dangers of money and wealth, and we're going to talk a little bit about about that. But what I don't hear enough about is how God might actually be for you earning more money. Mm. And and there's a lot of reasons why. And so I want to talk about some of those today, you know. And it isn't necessarily uh, to, you know, buy 50 Gucci bags and three private islands and whatever and ten Lambos like it's not about that and 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 in in some people's cases like well in anybody's case like I'm not going to judge on what you own and what you drive and whatever like that's not my job mm-hmm. that's between you and the Lord and yeah. so I don't I don't want to go there and we aren't the people who are going to go there but no but like you're bringing up an interesting point which is. What you do with your money is actually between you and the Lord, and you are going to have to give an account to that at some point. And so whether it is spending all your money on your own material desires or shying away from earning more because you're afraid of, you know, it not being that that it's, it's just two extremes of the same problem. Yeah, and so that brings us to the first point. Oh, okay, great. The first biblical reason to earn more is stewardship. Yeah. Okay? Like when we understand, according to Matthew 25, parable of the talents, we understand that we are stewards of what God has entrusted to us. And mm-hmm. so we talk about that through the context of money, the money that you have in your bank account, the money that is um, whatever, in your investments, your cars, whatever, all right. the assets that you have. Yes, you're stewards of all that, but you're also stewards over the actual gifts and talents that God has placed upon your life. Mm-hmm. And, and this is where the poverty kind of mindset of, well, I'm just going to try to not grow in my career. I'm going to try to not earn too much money because I don't want to be like the rich young ruler who walked away from Jesus or I don't, um, whatever, like all the different verses that you can read, take out of context and just think, okay, well, I need to stay away from money, stay away from money. Like, because the, the opposite of that is this stewardship angle mm-hmm. where it's like, I, if, if I understand that God has given me gifts and abilities and I don't use them. Mm-hmm. That's like me them. burying yeah. my talent in the ground in which go read Matthew 25. It's really clear. Uh, the master in that parable was not real excited about the guy who buried his talent in the ground. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and It's and funny anyway, that they're called talents. I know. Yeah. And it actually was a measure of money. But the point right. is, is that there's there's something there. And then you look at the, the guys who did, who took what they were entrusted with mm-hmm. and then sought to do something with it to use it to please the master, um, and they were praised. Yeah. And and so when you look at the gifts and the talents that are on your life, the things that God has put in your life for you to use, um, 
I feel like we have a biblical responsibility to do that. And when we do that, you know, Proverbs says, um, I forgot how that one uh, verse is worded. Uh, do you see a man skilled in his work? Oh, yeah. Um, he will uh, stand before kings. He will not stand before obscure men. Mm -hmm. And so when we take the gifts and the talents that we have and we hone our craft and develop it, like the byproduct of that is promotion. The byproduct mm -hmm. of that is often more money coming in. Mm -hmm. Okay. So then the issue is what, where's our heart and what do we do with the more money coming in? Do we spend right. it all on ourselves or do we use it to advance the kingdom? Yeah. And just to be like perfectly clear, I know you're on the same page with me at this, but it is does not always lead to more income. Sometimes no, it, it leads doesn't. to, I am my be the best in my field and I am sowing it into fill in the blank, this ministry, the, you know, an orphanage, a yeah. whatever, where it's like there there is an impact still without the income there. So the, the question is not, should you take the highest paying job? That's not yeah. what we're asking or what we're... Uh, even yeah. what's the word I'm looking for telling you to do like, that's not our advice. The advice is, are you doing the most with what God has entrusted you with? And are you doing the thing that he wants you to do with it? Right? Yep. Absolutely. No, I agree. But like, yes, so it's we're not talking always... about this in the context of if you can be excellent in your work, should you go after making a good amount of income. That's where, yeah, and, that's where we're, and I that's think the, the truth here, taking. yeah, I think the truth here is it's not even about seeking more money. It's about right. excelling at what you do. And I'm just saying the byproduct of that often oftentimes is yes. more money. You find the people who are the best in the world, mm -hmm. uh, the, you know, the best, the top at their craft, they are almost always the ones that are earning the most, the most at that specific thing. Right. So that's what I believe good stewardship of what God has entrusted to us in terms of those gifts and abilities put on our mm -hmm. lives um, is for, you yeah. know, like, and I'll just give a personal example for me, like, because sometimes these are hard to overcome. God called me to write, and yet I didn't feel like a writer. I didn't feel like I had a gift and talent there because I've seen so many other people who are so much better. Well, and you've been told that. Your English and, teacher told you. Yeah. Who's oh. trying to call me? All right, we hit that X, turn the thing off. Don't call me while we're doing a podcast. Anyway, so, so I struggled Sorry, with that because, you know, I had plenty of English teachers who would tell me uh, that uh, this isn't really for you, son. Like, you probably shouldn't write. And mm. my grades reflected that. So I had these man-made um, measurable metrics that they placed on me and said, hey, you are a C English student. You are, you know, and it was my worst subject in high school. And I have all these people telling me, nah, you shouldn't write. All these things telling me I shouldn't write. But yeah, God called me to write. And and so what do you do with that? Like, and I struggled with that for a while because it's like, I don't, I feel like I'm not good at it. I feel like I should do some other mm -hmm. things, but yeah. I feel like God's pushing me in this direction. And so am I going to obey him, use the gift and talent that he put on my life, regardless of what everyone else says about it? Or am I going to obey him, take the chance of looking like a fool and do what he asked me to do? So... Anyway, so I don't know what it is for you, but I'm just using that as something that maybe that's encouragement to someone listening right now. Yeah. But anyway, that's number I one. I love that. That's the number one reason why um, of seven. We're going to cover seven of them here. Number one reason why I think, uh, or number one biblical reason to earn more. Okay. Okay. Second on this list, providing for your family. This is very biblical, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and in fact, so much so that if we go to 1 Timothy 5, 8, 
Like so much so, is this so important that Paul said this here? I'm going to go ahead and read it. Um, yeah. If you do not uh, state in anyone who does not provide for their family and relatives, especially for those in your own household, has denied the faith and is worse than an unbeliever. Like that's crazy. Those are like strong that is, words. Those are really strong words. Um, and and so anyway, uh, that's something that we have to take in consideration. I don't. I don't think. I don't know. Maybe there's more people who struggle with that than I realize. Like for me, that's just not much of a challenge. It's like. Of course, I want to take care of my family. I want to do that. And so I don't feel like we need to harp on this too much. I feel like most people kind of fall in that category. But but the point is, is that, yes, that's a biblical reason to earn more, to be able to take care of your family and maybe more of them and maybe mm-hmm. further out and extending your family or whatever the thing might be. And and really just being in a position to be able to help, to be the one yeah. who's ready to lend rather than yeah. having to borrow, you know, which very much um, some verse from Deuteronomy just talks about how that we would be the ones who would be lenders and not borrowers. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I want that. That's what God was, you know, telling the Israelites. Yeah. It's like, you're going to lend. You're not going to borrow. But you I know? mean, I think the other piece of this, and I don't know, I, I don't have the full context of this because I think you wrote this one down. But the 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 other piece of this is, I, I'm just thinking about the people who are like, well, I'm trying to provide for my family, but I think the default is to go, I'm not getting paid enough. And especially mm. right now yeah. when inflation is really high. Well, yeah, and, and groceries just got 30% more expensive the last year. Or more, yeah. yeah. Uh, and so yeah. the the default is to blame someone else. And I think the responsibility that we need to take there, <laughs> here comes here comes trouble. Uh, the, respons- the, the other side of that responsibility that we need to take is making sure that we are looking to God as our provider so that, um, like, and providing in that way. Yeah. Don't you no, think? No, absolutely. Yeah, because that's, that's the other really hard thing for me as um, a man in our house. Like, I've always felt an obligation or sensed an obligation um, to put to take care of my family and to be the breadwinner and to do all these things. And, um, and anyway, and I've had to like wrestle through that from moments where we weren't or where I wasn't earning enough and just was struggling with that to letting go of holding all that pressure and to, uh-huh. to cast that care on the Lord and understand that ultimately it's his responsibility to provide. I just don't want to get in the way of that. Yeah. You know, so if he's the one who's providing for me and my family, I can interrupt that flow by going and wasting all the money that he's provided for me that's supposed to go to the rest of my family. Yeah. And that's what we're really talking about. Or How do just, we break that? I don't want to break that. You yeah, know? yeah, yeah, yeah. Or just not earning. Well, I'm just yeah. not going to go into work today because I don't feel like it. Yeah, yeah. All and right. I, I think there's been an uptick. Maybe I'm... Hmm, should I say this? <laughs> I think there's been a little bit of an uptick of, well, I just... It doesn't feel right. And I think that we have to be really careful... Not being driven by our feelings. Do you yeah, know what there's I'm yeah, there's some people for sure. Like that's just that's part of where our society is going. That makes sense. I know. It's not for everybody. It's like you it's know. not for everybody. Yeah. So if you're watching this, listening, that's not you. Like great, that's not you. That's but not we you. all know people, right? That right. Number three is um, for generosity. You know, um, again, I want to earn more. This is our primary motivator for earning more. You know, uh, and the framework of our book. You know, if you've read it, it's um, earn all you can, save all you can so that you can give all all you can. can. That's our primary motivation for really all of the financial work that we're doing is so that we can give more. And so uh, 
you know, I want to be one of these people who, by the time I die, have given away many millions of dollars. Uh, and so I could either bury my talent with mm-hmm. the gifts that God has given me and just not do much with them, or I can seek to hone that craft, develop it, um, impact and help far more people because I put the work in to uh, to be more beneficial and helpful with the work that we're doing, mm-hmm. with the byproduct being more money coming in that we can then give back out and to advance the kingdom and to do God's work in so many other ways. Like that just feels better to me. Mm-hmm. And that's what yeah. I want to do. Yeah. You know, that's who I want to be when I grow up. What's really nice about getting all this, getting your finances under control and kind of the, I guess the, I guess I can say the method that we live by or teach or whatever is that whenever you see a need, you're able to go, I can do something about that right now. You yep. can, and I mean, obviously, we have to want to be checking with the Lord and making sure that that's where He wants you to put your funds and everything. But just this morning, something came up that uh, we didn't see coming. Like it was a need that we didn't see coming. It wasn't just giving in the offering bucket on Sunday morning, you know. And so this this random thing came up, and I went, "Man, I'd really like to." And I talked to Bob, and I was like, "I think I'm going to do this." And you're like, "Yeah, that's a great idea." So I was able to immediately just say yes to this idea, say yes to where I felt like God was leading me, and it helped alleviate someone else's situation. It didn't fix their situation, which is not my job, right? But it was something that was like, man, that just brought some relief where it was needed. And that's what's so great about like, why we've really enjoyed and why we've shared so many of the methods that we've used is because we're able to do that whenever things come up. Yep. Yeah. So fourth on this list is building God's kingdom. Mm -hmm. And this ties in with the previous one. But the bigger point here, Proverbs says, he who wins souls is wise. Mm. And I've always said that, like, I want to use my wallet to rob hell. Yeah. And so it's not just about giving, but it's about giving to support ministries who are winning the lost. Mm. And so, yes, there are people in our lives that we need to be talking to, that we need to be um, exercising our evangelistic muscle, but there are also ministries and organizations that are doing this really well that we can take some of our money and put it to them so they can buy bigger speakers to yeah. reach more people. Right. You know, and I'm thinking about Reinhard Bonnke out in Africa having meetings right. with a million people, if you can imagine that, a million people. But how do you reach that many people? So you anyway, so the we, sound system to do it, right? We gave money to his organization so that he could buy bigger speakers mm-hmm. to be able to reach the people all the way in the back so they can hear about Jesus and right. come to know him. And when we say that, like one of his meetings would have a million people. Yeah, it's in not it. an exaggeration. We're literally talking yes. about that. And, and so, over his life, over the course of his lifetime, he was able to reach close to a billion, I think. What do you mean? Did he speak to close to a billion people? Oh, I probably. Know. I'm not sure. I'm sure. He won a whole bunch to Jesus. I know that for sure. But yeah. Anyway, point is, is that we can use our money to advance and to build God's kingdom. Yeah. And so, yes, I want to have more to do that. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. All right. Number five is living free from debt. Okay. You know, and this we is a pretty it. easy one. I think we all want this, right? Yeah. I, I don't. I haven't met anybody who's like. I really, other than real estate investors, which is a different thing because right. it's leverage. It's like we're using debt to yeah. grow what we're doing. But in general, personal debt, credit card debt, student loan debt. I've never met anybody who's like, yeah, I want more of that. <laughs> everybody wants out, yes, right? Yes, everybody so, wants out. Like, and this is a righteous 
biblical thing to go after um, from how I read my Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I don't see that debt is a sin when I look in my Bible, but I also don't see it as something that um, we should be seeking after to, well, you know. I think I think it's just that the Lord has a better way. Yeah. Right? Well, yeah, and one of the things I say a lot is that Jesus came to set us free in so many areas. Mm-hmm. Like, why would he want to see us in bondage mm-hmm. in debt? Proverbs yeah. says that the borrower is slave to the lender. Yeah. Okay? So that implies a lot of bondage. Um, so, like, I, that just doesn't seem like that's hot, God's highest and best for us. So I believe he wants us out of it. Yeah. And therefore, yes, biblical reason to earn more as far as I'm concerned. Mm-hmm. I agree. All right. Number six is creating opportunities for others. Mm. Okay. Um, and this is all part of it. Like, you know, so our team is growing. We're up to what? I guess depending on how you count them, probably six, maybe seven okay. employees okay. in one way or another. Yeah. Um, and that's exciting, you know, because as our organization grows, our revenue grows, we can hire more people and then we can help them and we can, I don't know, like there's a downstream effect of all of that. And so that that may not apply to every job and situation, but for us as business owners, like that is a biblical reason why I want our business to grow. Yeah. And well, well and it's ahead. been really exciting to me, you know, for any entrepreneurs out there, it's been really exciting to me to watch the people who have worked for us were not necessarily our number one fans. <laughs> and I, I mean, they, it wasn't that they didn't like us. They it was hated just, us. No. And we bribed them. <laughs> no, it's not true at all. But it's like they, they came because they're like, yeah, I love the vision. I love the, you know, I like you guys. I like, you know, whatever. They liked a piece of it. And then watching as they implement things because they're like, well, this is, you know, what I this is what I do now. So I want to see the fruit of it. And then watching them see the fruit of the systems that we have set in place. The lifestyle that we're trying to endorse. Yes. And it's been really interesting watching the breakthrough that they've had just by them being on our team, which might not have necessarily happened otherwise for them. Yeah, for sure. And so creating those opportunities, I mean, I think you can look at it as much more than just like, well, yeah, we're just going to give them a paycheck. Like it it can actually be you pouring into people the things that God has... Uh, really put on your heart or the things that God has um, given you a level of breakthrough in, and you can pass that on to other people. Oh, that's so which good. Which is really, I mean, I and, think that's been exciting And I think us. as you run a business in a God-honoring way, which mm-hmm. I'm finding more and more is so rare these days, like I, I've never met a single business that does things the way that we do. And I'm not saying that as a prideful thing. I'm saying it as I'm frustrated because mm-hmm. like, the way that we treat our customers and the way that we like so many things that we do, I'm like, this is just normal. This should be normal in the kingdom of God. And yet I'm seeing so much of the opposite and so much of a, or how, what, what corners can I cut to take advantage of my customers yeah. and rip them off and get a little bit extra here and like all this stuff. Uh, anyway, it, it's mind blowing how much of that I'm seeing mm-hmm. everywhere I look. And it's really disheartening. But anyway, I, I think when we run a business in a God-honoring way, it has such a wonderful byproduct mm-hmm. uh, in people's lives and the ones that we work with as well as those we serve and yeah. everything else. So anyway, I think there's a lot there. But yeah. all right, number seven is personal development and growth, okay? Um, and and I think this kind of goes back to what we were talking about at the beginning in terms of like stewardship and honing our craft like it's not easy. It's easier to sit on the couch and watch Netflix all day than to read a book about how to get better at the thing that you do. Um, 
but it's so much more fruitful and beneficial and fulfilling mm-hmm. That's uh, true. doing the work to become better at what you do. Yeah. And, and again, like I said, and the byproduct of this often is more money coming in. And, and again, you said this before, it's not always, but it is sometimes, but that, that benefit of growing and watching yourself grow is really, really fun. Mm-hmm. You know, like there have been things that I've started where it's like, I am terrible at this because I know nothing about it. And then I begin doing it. And even like my gardening journey, I'm really excited because um, he is really pumped. right. I've now. been gardening probably for what, 12 years or more. Like, I don't know. I feel like a long time. Yeah. At and, least 12. And not and I've never been super serious about it. It's always just been a little bit of a hobby. And and I still am not like full time serious about it or anything. But I just had a. I've just learned a good bit more the last six months and I've identified some key problems in my garden. And anyway, it's like, these are things where it's like, I could have learned this a long time ago and I finally gotten to the point that I have and better late than never, you know? Mm -hmm. But I think it's really going to unlock some things this year because I'm finally getting some ahas where it's like, oh, I understand some things better. And it's, and it's been available to me this whole time. It was just mm-hmm. I finally got to the point to seek it out. Yeah. And I'm pretty confident we're going to see the fruit of that over this year. And um, literally, literally <laughs> see the fruit of it, pun intended. Anyway, so uh, yeah. So anyway, those are the seven. The other thing I'd add here that I think is important is that, um, you know, First Timothy 6 talks a lot about the warnings of wealth. Great chapter to read about money if you want one to read. Um, and it cautions about the love of money, you mm-hmm. know, for this, the love of money is the root of all kinds of evil, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and and so anyway, the point in all of this isn't to chase money, but I would say uh, it should be to chase purpose, to chase calling, to chase what God has for you to do, to obey mm-hmm. him, yep. um, knowing that the byproduct might be more money. But what happens is I think some people are like, I'm going to run from that. I don't want that because I'm afraid of money. Mm-hmm. And the point is, don't fear money. Money is the inanimate object. The point is, get your heart right. Yeah, That's the thing. There's all kinds of like fabulously wealthy and righteous men and women mm-hmm. throughout the Bible, Old Testament and New, um, who use their money for God's purposes and glory. Right. And they had their heart right. That's the thing. That's yeah. the thing. Have your heart right. Have your heart right. That's the common denominator that we see over and over all throughout the New Testament, uh, really the whole Bible. When it comes to our money, it's like, how do we have our heart right? Yeah. You know? Well, and Jesus' ministry was funded by other people, right? Yeah. yeah. Funded by givers. I mean, think about that. Like, well, I and- think I think that's just shows you the precedence that God has set for what we should be doing our, with our money. Yeah. Like, there are some people who are called to go with Jesus and not make an income while they're doing that. Do you know what I mean? Like, and then there's the people who are just saying, here, here's more money so you can reach more people. and Yeah, there's a lot of thoughts here. So let me say this, because I was thinking about this. Uh, there is There was a study that was done estimating how much the gold, frankincense, and myrrh that was given to Jesus when he was born oh, was yeah. worth. And these guys estimated that it was worth more than, I think, more than a million or $2 million um, in today's value, um, which is obviously... More than you Which, need. When you, you know, think but, about Jesus being born in a barn, and then they're like, here's $2 million worth of goods. Like, that's but, fascinating. I, yeah, so we don't know what happened with that. But again, like, let's be real. Jesus used it for the advancement of the kingdom, however he did. And uh, 
and it does and it doesn't even matter what the number is. Point right. is, they were given a really uh, bountiful gift mm-hmm. by someone who had more means than them, mm-hmm. and and it's no different than again those who are funding his ministry. Like they had a treasurer. Jesus had a treasurer. Right. That means they had some money. Like it wasn't like every single day they're walking around and he's, you know, pulling money out of the fish's mouth. He didn't like to pay the taxes. <laughs> like there was a point where they had money that they were carrying around mm-hmm. so much so that they had to have a treasurer to watch it. And then, you know, you'll get Joseph of Arimathea uh, who gave his tomb, wealthy guy, had a really nice tomb that he gave for Jesus to be buried in. You know what I mean? It's like, yeah. because he had means, he was able to do that. I mean, the Good Samaritan, like whoever right. said the thing about you wouldn't even know the Good Samaritan unless he had something to be able to give, to be right. able to do that. Like, so the point is, there's benefit to us having more mm-hmm. when we have our heart right. And that's what we're after. Yes. Right. So anyway, all this to say, um, we're going to be talking not as much about this, but we're going to be the Passive with Purpose workshop we're doing on Thursday night. We're going to be highlighting uh, this whole idea, this concept of how you can begin earning some passive income. And so a lot of these are things you can do outside of your current day job. Uh, some of them might be businesses you can start and whatever else. But if you want to come hang out with us yes. on a Tuesday night, it is February 22nd. Um, it's a paid workshop, but we are offering it for free if you mm-hmm. want to come join us on that. Once you sign up, you can buy the recordings if you want to do all that. But point is, um, we'd love to have you. So just go to seedtime.com slash PWP, mm-hmm. or if you're on Instagram, send us a uh, um, DM with the letters PWP, and we'll get you a link. So real quick bullet points that we're covering. We're going to be talking about the truth of passive income that no one is talking about right now. We're going to be talking about this single book, everyone wants to know what it is, that helped me triple my passive income about 15 <laughs> years ago. Uh, or triple my salary. I need to say that. Triple my salary. Like, it was mind-blowing. Um, with passive income. And then it almost ruined my life. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm going to give you the whole story. You could hear the whole thing. Um, and we're going to be talking about the biblical backbone of all this and how this is tied into the Bible. Um, and then practical, specific tips for you to take on how you, regardless of what you're doing with your time and your money right now, help you to spot some... Mm. Um, wasted money you might have yeah. somewhere in your budget that you can start turning into passive income or wasted time that you might have in your calendar uh, and how you can turn that into passive income as well. So anyway, okay. we'd love to have you in that. Uh, yeah. All right. What else? Anything? That's it. Man, that's it. We did it. We went a little bit long today. Thanks for those of you hanging out and um, who were commenting and saying hi. Hey, Derek. <laughs> I see David or Derek and I can't see everybody right now. But Ian. Welcome all. Thanks for coming to hang out. And um, we will see you in the next episode of the Seedcast. All right. Bye. See y'all. Do you want some more Bob and Linda in your life? How about this? Of course. (laughs) How would you like to hang out with us for six weeks and your small group or church? And if you want to do that, just go to seedtime.com slash true to find out more details. Or send us a message, DM on Instagram at Mm -hmm. Seedtime, and let's chat.